0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Hello, listeners. This is Ben here because Amber is still pregnant. And we have a very special shout out for today for our new patrons uh, that is L Diamond Kimber Janice Keisha Patricia Kate Tatiana and Irel thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon and for those who want to support us you can find that in the show notes you go to patreon.com the Sci-Fi side podcast you can give us $1, $2, $3 a month and for those who are unable to support us financially that is totally fine you can always go to Apple Podcasts. go ahead and give us 5 stars it's a great way for people to discover this show. So here we have a five-star rating podcast review titled Always Entertain." This is from... Ms. Neek, thank you so much for this amazing five-star review. Ms. Neek writes, hey, y'all, I first found y'all on TikTok. Instantly followed. Then I found y'all on IG. Instantly followed. And then I found y'all podcast slash YouTube. Instantly subscribed. In case you couldn't tell, I'm an avid supporter and love the content. I'm here every week, always looking forward to the next episode. Thank you so much, Ms. Neek, for that five-star review. And for the rest of y'all, go ahead, get on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating that would be amazing now let's get started with the show welcome to the sci-fi side under the believe podcast network a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page of our marriage today for episode 82 we are joined by kwanza osajifo the creator of black a comic series that explores the question what would the world look like if only black folk were the ones with superpowers? Critically acclaimed by io9, AV Club, Complex, and that little New York magazine called the New York Times, black has expanded into an ongoing series called Black AF that we hope will not end. So here's our interview with Kwanzaa Osajifo. Um All right, so we are here today with Kwanzaa Osadjifo. The originator and one of the amazing creators of Black, a comic series and world-building superhero extravaganza that explores the question, "What would the world look like if only Black folk were the only ones with superpowers?" Uh, how, how'd I do? Does that sound like a good summary? That's that,
2: that's that's it. That's the tagline. Once you do that, I think you pretty much cover it. Like you're either like excited or triggered. One
1: of the other, right. <laughs> yes. This is um, when we we lose listeners. Yes, uh, Critically we let- acclaimed by IO Nine AV Club Complex, beautifully drawn and refreshingly confrontational. That refreshingly that's confrontational. Amber. That's Amber and Black, uh, which is this amazing comic, critically acclaimed, uh, and now it's like an ongoing series. Um, we have like all of the ones now where it went from Black to Black AF, and then you mm-hmm. recently just released White as well.
2: so Yes. So that know, wrapped she- up, I think, at the beginning of this year.
1: Yeah. Okay. I-, I tried to get that one, but it was like 85 bucks. Like, where, where, where can I get this, Kwanzaa?
0: Kwanzaa's not uh, going to tell you where to get a discount. No, you should pay <laughs> the 85.
2: I actually think that Midtown Comics had... I-, I think they went and stored a few of them, like Bitcoin or something like that, because I saw that they were releasing some. I think they, they got their hands on a stash. So maybe you can order online through them.
1: Okay. Midtown. All right. No,
0: good for you. Yesterday's price is not today's price.
2: It's, it's not how it works.
0: Write it down. We'll be able to share that with listeners. We'll do. We'll do. Well, first things first, uh, we're fans. Uh, so we're we're fangirl boy theying everything right now. Uh, so where are you based right now? If you could tell our listeners, and then just tell us honestly what kind of day you've had today. Because it's raining here in Chicago. So we'd love to hear what's going on in your world. So I've been painting all day.
2: That's what's been going on. <laughs> so oh, I got cleaned silly. up
0: before this. I was like, oh, this is gonna
2: be on Zoom. Let me like get
0: the like paint splatters <laughs> off of me. I was about to say, you're the cleanest painter I've ever seen. I know I, I, I put in the work beforehand. I wasn't
2: going to come on here and just looking like I was you know, coming out of worlds of Warcraft with like white paint all on my face.
0: Well, are you painting completely by yourself?
2: No, I am painting with my partner.
0: Oh, that's nice. So, and it's a whole, like, it's sort of like a timeshare, like a spot. Y'all just chill out every summer and y'all like change the color before you stay there. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So it's just a little place to get away and stuff like that. Yeah, because living in, if any, anybody who lives in a major city knows you're living in a major city. So yeah. it's nice to just yeah. get some peace and quiet, you know.
1: Oh, that's really nice. Do you, uh, do you work from home? Do you have like a studio from home?
2: Uh, yes, I do work from home. So uh, I do not do comics full time. That's just the side hustle. I, I have a day job. I work from home. And then when I'm done with that, I do more work. So I, I don't know what a weekend is. Like my, one of my favorite quotes from, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched Downton Abbey, but when um, the Dowage Countess just says, what is a weekend? I just howled for two reasons. Because <laughs> for her, it was just like, I'm rich. I don't know what a weekend is. What's time off? All time is off. But for me, I was just like, yeah, what is a weekend? I've been
0: grinding."
1: Yes. <laughs> I actually feel the same way because I work full time, but then Amber has me doing comedy at night. So i literally we come home and we yeah film. i force you to do that yeah and then it's just it's just so hard so
2: difficult. it makes it makes you do comedy so it makes you do the comedy watch the comedy help with yeah. the comedy How's the... all of it
1: all of it <laughs>
0: all of it well kwanzaa like... i'm also 36 weeks pregnant so boo yeah. boo hoo you for having to help me out every now and then yeah let the guilt set in there <laughs> Yeah, so that's what he means. He's have he's been having to, you know, occasionally wash a dish and things like that. Uh, so, you know, it's it's been tough titties around here for Ben, but he's making it work. i but but they're painting together, so maybe you should take notes from Kwanza and th- his partner.
1: I think the last time Amber and I painted together, I ended up just listening like Tina Turner and like eating like cinema buns as you painted with your i was not very good at painting so
2: i am not great at it either i but i i have strong management so you know i, I my work gets corrected i do better i progress yeah. i progress
0: well you listen. have to well especially i i truly was shocked when you just said that you weren't a full yeah. uh comic book yeah. creator <laughs> i just i um i'm sure people are shocked when you say that so speaking of sort of like painting and creating as an artist like you you, you said you're really self-disciplined like wh- when do you create these masterpieces as well and also and what do you do full-time if this is what you do on the side
2: i work uh in advertising uh mm-hmm. and, I'll, and i'll just leave it at that that's what i do to pay the bills it comes with you know medical coverage and all yeah, those good things all that I'm, adult I'm, crap. I, I, I'm I'm overly pragmatic in that way. So it's like I, I I get up in the morning and that's when I write. So when I wrote black originally, I just made it part of my morning routine. So it's like okay. those first hours in the morning. Because I'm a, I'm also a bit of an early bird. So it's like those first hours in the morning when ain't nobody bothering you. Just sit in front of the computer and just like crack crack stuff out. Like, you know, and your mind is fresh too. You know, it's like nothing has nothing has interrupted you yet. You got your coffee, you got your computer, and then you just like, you know, like spit stuff out. Life has gotten busier, so I've had to like work it in in between, but you know, that I just find the time, you know.
0: Kwanzaa, did you have to be convinced to really breathe life into black? Um, I know as a full time creator, people were like, no, you really should get on TikTok and map this out. And like people want to see this. Um, So was was black sort of something that you've been creating since you were a kid that your friends had to be like. Show this to somebody. I see you doodling on napkins at restaurants and stuff.
2: Kind of. So like, I have, Black is just one of like dozens, maybe doubles of dozens of ideas that I have. And it was actually my wife who pushed me. Because I've had, Black is just one of those ideas. I came up with that idea over 10 years ago. And among other ideas that I would just move around and like bore her with by telling her like, oh, here's an idea that I came up with. She was like, why don't you pick one? She's like, pick one and do that one. She's like, because they all sound fantastic, but pick the one that like you want to do. And Black was just that one where I felt like, man, if I don't do this idea, I'm gonna be mad if somebody else comes up with it. And since it was like something that I had sat on for like, you know, like over 10 years, I was like, all right, the fact that nobody's thought of this kind of idea yet means I should just get off my butt.
1: And do it. One of the greatest things that I appreciate in comic books is that someone will come up with an idea and they'll just present this world so like you you sort of had the original idea of black but you've uh, allowed like other writers to come in and, and support and like you're very collaborative so can you just talk about like how does it feel like to create this amazing world and then be like here here's my like world here come play with my characters and, and create your own story.
2: I think that's always been like, you know, the pie in the sky goal for it, because when we, you know, when I originally came up with the idea and, you know, got together with my team, you know, I put it on Kickstarter with no expectations. Like I was just like, this is the validator here. It's like, if people are vibing with this idea, we'll, you know, make our money. If we don't, you know, then we won't. And it, it really turned into like something a lot bigger. We made our goal in like three days and then <laughs> this some money kept coming in and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, people want to see this, but, you know, with that came the idea that, like, you know, this is something that's bigger. You know, I've always been collaborative in the sense that, like, I really respect people's crafts. I am not an artist. So, of course, I found one of the artists I respect the most, which is Jamal Igle, Kyrie Randolph, who's made all of those amazing covers for the series and stuff like that. And, you know, and then my, my co-creator, Tim Smith, who just, you know, helped design all the characters with an aesthetic that I felt like was very Black. You know, it's like, these guys aren't going to be the sort of, like, supernatural characters that wear tights and capes and stuff like that. That's like, that's a very Western, you know, European, like American sort of aesthetic of like Strongman in tights. It's like, this is a modern comic, like what would the modern black superhero quote unquote look like? And so it was a lot of us just like riffing back and forth, talking about things that, you know, we wanted to see that influenced us, talking about hair which was like a whole like a whole meeting where <laughs> we were just like you know we had to have like almost like a little come to jesus with ourselves and realize that you know as professionals who had worked in the comic industry for a while we ourselves hadn't created enough black characters to the extent where we were talking about like you know Everything from like hair texture to hairstyles to like facial features and all that. So it was really like a discussion and a back and forth between all of us to sort of get the book to where we felt like it was really doing it, doing the job that we wanted it to.
0: And I, I will just say, um, as a black reader, it felt that way as well. Like past the hair, because um, you know there are there are tons of creations. I'll say comic book or not, that it's like, well, this character was black, but this wasn't a black experience. And this wasn't a black story. And I remember, um, as I was taking notes, uh, reading, especially the first one, I remember, uh, there was like a, a black, like Negro hymn, like I'll fly away, and I could just like sing it in my head. And I was like, this, there, there's something about this that feels very like, a full blanket of the culture and then there were just some funny like obviously there's a superhero called hood rat with an actual hood and a, a rat tail like there's just some things that just worked so well that didn't feel like the black x Men because i just hate we have such powerful stories and i hate a, a what I, I was telling ben the other day because we went on Disney Plus and they like remade cheaper by the dozen, but with Gabrielle Union, which is fine. But it's like it's just the same story just with a black person. Like there's not gonna be anything uniquely black about this experience. And your book was the your books, um, were just the antithesis of that. So were there some times where you were like, I need to redraw this character and make them more black, or I need to blacken this experience a bit more. Was that sort of the collaborative conversation?
2: I think in some, in some cases, yes, but mostly what I tried to do was really show Blackness is not a monolith, you know, because when you talk about like hair and, you, and, and for, for Black people, that might feel like a minor thing until you're trying to do it and, and you're looking at sort of like the comic landscape and you're like, okay, so all we've seen like over the 80 to nearly 100 years of comics are little Afros, big Afros, like bad cornrows and dreads you know and it's just like it's like that's not it you know so it was really about us like you know trying to like delve into like you know ourselves our family like just the culture and represent it in all its different shades all all its different diasporas if there's one thing that I'm like I felt like I, I went too hard on in the book in the first book is I, I, I tried to put all the black people in it. I was like, we got gay black people, we got light skinned black people, yeah. we got, you know, we got. And Muslims. nobody
0: was tiny either. I was like, these characters, I, they look like me. You know, there were not any like really. Small like even when we think about like storm like she's very toned very petite and these characters like has some asses on them I'm just gonna say which it was fun. <laughs>
2: yeah And I sat down with the team because you know, I I, I kind of do like full profiles on a character beforehand So I kind of like where are they from what like what's their like angst and stuff like that? So I kind of have these tethers So when they're in the story, like they feel like they actually come from a place You know, even if I don't, even if you don't see it in the story, I know where they come from and and why they're behaving the way they're behaving you know so you have like one character uh you know uh, zero who's like albino which is an interesting thing you know in a black superhero comic to have an albino character you know who's who's like his blackness for him was always like you know challenged because he doesn't you know he looks strange you know to like his own culture and stuff and and that creates conflict so those little things to me felt like very important to put in there because again generally we're just like either the token, the sidekick, you know, in, in a lot of like superhero stories or, or, or we're not like, you know, the majority or the, or the central feature. So this is a, a fairly black comic, you know? I, I don't say all black because that's not possible. We live in a real world and, you, you know, you have to have that sort of context around it. But I really felt like it needed to center around all those different aspects of it, you know, without like speaking to one thing. So like with the hymn in there, that came from something where it's like, like my grandmother it's like it's sunday you know or saturday you were like doing you were doing chores you were doing work you know and she was singing you know and you were and you were, and you grew with it it just it's something that like whether and whether or not you kept the faith or like do that yourself there there's something about like like gospel and stuff where it's just like it's it's just part of you you know and and there's 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 always you know this sort of like love for it when you hear it. You know it doesn't that doesn't turn off. You know it's like I'm an yes. atheist, but I'm an atheist. But you know you start singing some yeah, am but like, this
0: song, yes, you're like I still will play this on Saturday morning. <laughs> I, I, tell, I, like, I say amen in church.
1: You know, <laughs> it's like I'm I'm definitely I'm not spiritual, but I'm religious in the sense that like that power of grounding of religion is like. It's important. It's important not to to lose. I heard a Tanana Reap do say um, the the horror writer uh, make the comment like, you know, they can never uh, talking about especially queer Black folk. It's like they can never take the church, the music. They can take the church away from you, but they can't take the music away from you. Um, and that's sort of always stuck with me. So to that point, yeah, um, you, you so it. Uh yeah, let's get into like the specifics of black. Uh so we're we're sort of thrown in and we're introduced to Ellen Waters, who is actually I read in the back is based off of your mom. Yes. Uh Detective Waters. And uh there's just like a really great line where uh Ellen Waters, who's this detective, this cop, and she's like talking to, you know, this police officer who's You know shot and killed um a bunch of young black boys and his his response is like oh they fit the description um and then her response is to that like don't we all uh do you do you remember like that writing that line because that sort of moment was like you're like oh this is this is and it's so early in the story where you're like okay now i'm i'm drawn in
2: so i really wanted like there to be like you know two sort of pov characters in there because i knew that kareem Like was going to be the central protagonist who's brought into the world, but I still wanted somebody to see the sort of outside world where this was being kind of hidden, and they're trying to like find out. Like, yeah, like this kid just didn't disappear. I saw what I saw. Something else is going on here. And in establishing like Ellen's character, I wanted to kind of put this other kernel of of what I saw. My mom was, which is, you know, you're going to respect me and I may forgive you, but I'm not going to forget, you know, sort of like, like, like person. And when I was writing that line, it was because I think often you, you get this sort of like expectation for forgiveness um, in uh, among white people for past things that they suddenly want to, you know, say like, Oh, I, I know I was wrong now. So it's okay. And it's just like, no, it's not we can keep going with this conversation, but I'm not, you're not getting a pass just because you you want to be forgiven. Like you wanting to be forgiven isn't something that you just get, you know? And she draws that line with everybody, you know? <laughs> Every, like, and regardless of color, gender or race, she just draws this line of like, you know, there, there's a certain amount that you need to like earn with her, you know, in terms of like, like her respect, you know, and she's going to like maintain hers like, it's like certain points in the book where people are like, can I call you, I call you Ellen? She's like, you can call me Miss Waters or Detective. <laughs> like, that's what she can call me. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like that was something that would define her character throughout and kind of show how she just, you don't play. <laughs> that's all.
1: Having her in there felt for me like, I felt like you were asking this essential question of, um, to what extent can you make change within a system, right? And I think like, Uh, And then you also have, you know, the project who are, I mean, the project is sort of this, uh, the group for our listeners who haven't read it yet, it's a group of uh, mostly uh, black superheroes who are trying to keep uh, black superheroes uh, secret, or, you know, people with superpowers secret, and they're trying to work with the government, and they're trying to work within that context. And then there's another side of the government, a private, you know, corporation, um, you know, um, in the main char- the main villain who is sort of, you know, there's that tension there, right? And I think, like, having a cop who's trying to make change within the system um, who eventually leaves, was that a question you were sort of thinking about? Um, I,
2: when you yeah, were I mean, I series? definitely, you know, I, I think any, like, Black person in America has, has, uh, a certain kind of relationship when it comes to the police, you know, and that that being whether you are an officer yourself or just a citizen, like, there, there's a conflict there because it's like, this, this is who you're supposed to call if there's, you know, a problem, a crime or what have you, but calling them comes with, like, you're rolling dice on that one. You know, you just, you don't know. And I couldn't imagine what being a cop and being Black is like. And so I really wanted to dive into... This sort of person, because actually my mom, she, she worked for CPS, Child Protective Services. So she, like, i heard all about the system growing up and things that, like, you know, she had to manage. And, you know, it's tough. You know, it's like, how do you affect change in, in, in a system that's, that's built not to change? You know, and I think it was kind of a, a light examination of, like, institutional race, racism and how, you know, things are structured in a way that can make, you know, your ability to change it feel insurmountable. You know and impossible so i took that to a whole nother level with superpowers <laughs> it's like that just like ups the ante like you know to the next level but that's 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 the fun of the comic books to like really you know heighten the challenge um but with her it was really it was really something where she was you know trying to be a a, a good person and part of her community and look out for you know those those like herself you know and and protect them you know so it was one of those things where it's like i i, I don't feel like it would have made sense to tell a black story without those kind of elements in it
0: yeah well speaking of for me you know the characters felt very realistic like i found myself being frustrated with kareem or x and, and then liking him again and it's just like you are so naive, like get with the program. Maybe it's like, just cause I'm in my thirties now. Um, but talk, to, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you did such a good job of, I don't know, toying with like, we're rooting for him and then we're annoyed with him. So, like he would, he, he would seem naive and then he would say something transphobic and you're just like, come on kid. Like, and, and now he's trying to save everybody, but he's not listening to juncture. So I'd love to hear, like, I don't know if you're a dad or you just have like knucklehead nephews, but I'd love to hear what sort of went into his sort of flawed character. Uh, well, that's
2: the thing, you know, the one thing I tried to tap into is something that I found, I always find a little annoying in all media is the, the, the overly competent teenager. Because I remember being a teenager and, and as an adult, you realize that when you're a teenager, it's like, yeah, you know what? I was stupid. Like, i was stupid. Like, I've got 15 years of experience on the entire planet. And all of a sudden, I'm supposed to, like, become, like, this hero. So while that stuff can be very entertaining and, like, young, like, heroes are always, like, good, it's just like, no, nah, y'all need to stop watching Disney Channel. Like, no, no 15-year-old got it together like this. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, know, maybe, maybe a little bit more with like YouTube and like all that stuff. So maybe those euphoria teams are like accurate. I don't know. But for me, I felt like I wanted to tap into what a 15-year-old dealing with something as, you know, life-changing, as finding out only Black people have superpowers and not being competent in that space all the time. Not suddenly like, you know gaining, like, magical knowledge or, like, you know, an ability that just, like, gets them through everything. I wanted him to feel real and stumble and have real foils to him because that made him seem like a real teenager, you know, as opposed to just, you know, being super perfect or being, like, you know, great at everything. Even though he's that simple kind of, quote-unquote, chosen one character, it's like, he's you know, he's still, you know, he's still sitting there, like, trying to holler at a doctor and stuff like that. He's just being... Like stupid and from the street, you know, (laughs) and and I and I I really wanted to have him maintain that rather than him become like something else like right away, you know. I I felt like he needed to hit certain points where things became real enough for him to like go like, oh, yep, I I fucked up.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. I was like, ah, this. He just did feel so much like a teenager, which I really appreciated because. You know, we we don't get that. I mean, we'll get like Peter Parker not knowing how to shoot the webs correctly, but we don't get like, look at your room, get this together. Um, speaking of, you know, could you talk to us a little bit like a zoom out? Could you talk to us a little bit about maybe like you as a teenager and were were you creating these characters then? Because you said this story is in like ten years in the making. Um. Mm-hmm uh, you know, were you listening to your teacher, but like drawing things under your desk or how did that really look for you as like a a kid in the Bronx, I guess?
2: Yeah. So I, before I was a blurred before that was a word, (laughs) Like (laughs) like it was, it was all about like books and reading and comics and Dungeons and Dragons and all the nerdery and stuff like that when I was, you know, growing up, but you know, I got I got into comics early, you know, I was reading them when I was barely on a diaper, you know, and it didn't matter what it was. Archie, Richie, Rich graduated, you know, up to like the New Mutants and X-Men. So like, for me, this was all like, this is what it was, but I don't think it was uh, really, and my mom was always encouraging that sort of stuff. Like I was drawn all sorts of comics. She's like, oh, you can publish it. That's mom stuff, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. you, it's like if my mom was my publisher, like my career would be over because you'd be publishing some trash. <laughs> it's not ready for the public <laughs> yet. <Yeah. laughs> um, but at, what really changed it for me was I was probably like in high school. And I think that's uh, right when like Milestone would hit. And uh, for your listeners who probably know now or, or remember Static Shock, Milestone was uh, adjunct uh, imprint of D.C., uh, featuring like characters of color, uh, primarily black characters. There was a uh, static or static jock as a lot of people know, of, icon, hardware, blood syndicate. And that was the first time I saw black, black superheroes, And it just blew my mind because prior to that, you know, you're reading Spider-Man, Superman. Like, and I, I think people don't realize that a lot of times. And even like black people, it's like, you're identifying with these characters because you don't have any other options. You know, Mm -hmm. really. So you're you're kind of glomming onto them and like seeing yourself as them or through them, but they're not you. So when I first saw Static, that was when I was just like, he's nerdy, (laughs) he's like black. He rides around on like a manhole cover and got electric powers. I'm gonna let that pass. He got a lot of black people with electric powers. But like, other than that, <laughs> this is what's up. Like, And I got so amped because I had been you know, drawing and writing and all this stuff as, 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 a, as a young person. That is also the first time I looked at the credits and read the indicia with like the little like, you know, legal type that's at the bottom. And I was just like, these are made by real people. These are made by black people. Wait, what? And so I called them up on the phone it was just like
0: hey, oh I'm as like a teenager a... Yeah. and i was just
2: like hey i'm the hot new creator and stuff like that you should, you should look at my work <laughs> and they said okay come in for an interview not no cap like that and i was just wow. like and i was like mom,
0: <laughs> mom she's like who are you on the phone with
2: <laughs> so like you know we were we were broke and stuff back then. So I didn't even have like a portfolio. I went and found one in the trash, like <laughs> in, in the garbage, cleaned it up, put all my like drawings and writings in there and showed up for my like, you know, interview. And they walked me in to the office, which was wild because, you know, usually I would go to like my mom's office or something like that. And, you know, be, I should be one of the few black people there, but I went in here and it was just like black people, Asian people, it was like a whole mix. And they walked me in and stick me in with the editor and chief Dwayne McDuffie himself, which. Like, again, I'm 16, I'm like, okay. So sit down, I show him all my work, he thumbs through it and stuff like that. And he's nodding his head, looking at things, pushes back across the desk and he's like, you're not ready, (laughs) but.
0: (laughs) The fact that they still even let you in the door at that age, I mean, like, that's still really impressive.
2: Yeah, and it was life changing because what he did after that is, he didn't just say like, you're not ready kid, get out. He was like, why do you want to be in comics? And for like the next half hour, hour he basically gave me the tip sheet, like the green book for navigating the comic book industry. He's like, here's how you meet with editors. Here's how you like put to together a proper portfolio. Like, do you want to be a writer? Do you want to be an artist? If you're good at both, great. If you're not, pick a lane. Like, you yeah. know. Also take note of the fact that we are over here and not in the main DC offices. You are a person of color. Here's what you're gonna face when you end it. and I was just like.
0: Yes, Yes. take those notes. Yeah.
2: Even told me how to get an internship. So, when I was, I think, in my like senior year, yeah, my senior year of college, I applied to the Marvel internship, got in, and that's how my career started in the industry. So, they hired after the internship, they hired me right out of high school. And that's how I, you know, stayed in the industry and made those professional connections and stuff. Eventually ended up at DC Comics and lost their first web comics imprint. So, it was because of him I even had a career in the Because then when I left DC, was when I decided to do black. I was like, all right, well, I'm I've done both two publishers. I'm not going back doing any of that kind of like editorial work. Let's, you know, pursue some of my own ideas. But that was I, I attribute all of that to him and the work that the that him and his co-founders like put together because it influenced it influenced generations beyond what I think they even know sometimes.
0: Well I mean pr- prior to meeting with this like powerful room of black creators and different creators of. POC, were the characters that you drew, were they white until Static Shack or did you always draw different characters that sort of reflected you?
2: I think I always injected myself in there, you know, because I, I, you know, wanted to be that superhero. So I think I was, often the black person and like maybe my cousins and stuff. So, you know, you're a little kid, like that's how your brain works. It's like, it's like, all right, you're going to be like super Birdman, And I'm going to be like this character. So I think that's how it was. And I think that's why it clicked because the thing that I saw as a professional in the industry was a lot of the reasons why you don't see a lot of representation in college books is because there aren't a lot of people of color working in the industry. Like there's not a lot of black editors. There are more today. There's more today, uh, female, like of color, LGBTQ. But, you know, 10 years ago, no. No. Right. 20 years ago, definitely not. And, you know, that sort of thing influences the content because it's not even on people's mind. You put a room together full of like white dudes, straight white dudes. What do you think you're going to get? Mayo. Like that's what you're going to get. Like, it's not like you're thinking of no season that happened in here. There's just none, you know? And, and that stuck with me because then it became more about like, all right, I also I know two things. I know, I know that it's not necessarily like Machiavellian or anything. It's definitely systemic. You know, there's probably definitely some bias and, and bigotry in there, but that's not the only part of it. But also because that system is the way it is, whether it's like passive or aggressive, something like black. I'll never get that public that like major publisher. So it was on me to like, you know, take advantage of other systems. So crowdfunding became the way that I was going to say like, yeah, you know, this idea that you would probably gatekeep and tell me to change like, or make, you know, one of the characters white just to right. throw everybody off. Like, I'm so let me just it produce public. it. Yeah, I'll right. put it on public and see what the people say. The people who are actually going to read it and buy it, let's see what they think. And they responded.
1: Yeah, and the, the, the white characters you have in black, they're called Washington and Adams. I thought that was a nice little. <laughs> yes. And all, man. All the, yeah.
2: <laughs> all the agents are named after uh, early presidents. I love it. <laughs> that, that's yeah. a theme. And man was something where it's like, it was a play on two things. Obviously, the man, because I've always found that to be like funny. Yeah. You know, like your old uncle, like the man. I'm like, who is this man guy? Is he like right, Florida right? Man? I like, said, so there's the yeah. man and there's Florida man, but, <laughs> but man is also like an ancient Germanic name. So there's a whole history of like the man family that I'm looking to explore in like future stories. But I wanted it to be tied to something that, you know, really felt generational. And that's what I explore with his family in white, you know, where it's just like, mm-hmm. how do these things get passed on? Like what's like white identity and stuff like that? And how does, you know, how do you, how do you maintain it and break that cycle? Because I think we live in an era where people keep thinking we're supposed to be post-racial, like, but y- y'all are holding on to it real tight. <laughs> like, I don't really like. I don't right. know what you. I don't. I don't know what you want because you're, you're you're saying one thing, but you are doing a completely different thing.
0: Yes. Yeah. even with this whole like. Um critical race theory thing. It's like, well, you're saying you want us to get over it. This is one way. And then they're like, "Well, but but that's indoctrinated racism. You're like, it's not. This is actually the conversation that we're trying to have. We're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back. Before we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves, to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and it focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward your goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons that help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom weight users finished the program, and more than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot slash believe believe and we're back kwanzaa get into how you feel about critical race theory (laughs) (laughs)
2: well i feel like critical race theory is a distraction from what politicians who are against it are really talking about which is diversity equity and inclusion they're using that as a cover essentially to rail against things that they label under wokeism which is basically people of color women lgbtq having any sort of progress so uh, it's really disingenuous to have people sit there and present something that is constantly being said is not taught in like, public school or like lower education and act like it's you know some affront on them. But that's how they get bills like the don't say gay and like you know, anti woke mm-hmm. bill and stuff. And it's it's just funny because it's like it's definitely a lot of like you know grounds for me to pull new ideas for stories from, but it's also like sadly unsurprising. I, I think it was one of those things that when I when I was when we first launched black on Kickstarter, you know, Obama was still president. And I mm. did have a moment where I was thinking like, you know, am I am I poking a bear or something like that? Maybe we are. Oh, <laughs> <gotta have> <laughs> like,
0: so good. right? That's how you know you're doing it right, too, yeah. because I mean, we uh, so the I'm not sure how much been shared with you, but this whole podcast was. Was essentially, Ben's a huge sci-fi nerd, all things fantasy, <laughs> all things you. you. You and him could talk for days. He's pro- he's going to, I saw his notes, he's going to try to make you convince me why we need a PS5. And So I'm, I'm warning you now, because we don't need it. We got a kid on the way. But, so, you know, I... Prior to this podcast, i i exclusively i exclusively read black authors, and I ex- was also reading, um, you know, Toni Morrison, Samantha Irby, Roxanne Gay. I, I read memoirs, I read satire, self help, uh, drama, and so we decided to do this podcast. And I was like, the the rule is we could only support black authors and black directors and things like that in sci fi. And I truly went into this thinking that you know, we're gonna have 10 episodes and then I can get back to reading what I want to read. And and here we are like a year and a half later. And I'm like, yeah. we have such a long list of books, we have such a long list of comics, we have such a long list of movies, like we're watching a movie tonight that dropped, you know, yesterday, and we got Jordan Peele's Nope coming out this summer. And it just like this list keeps piling up. And it really shows me the ways in which i could have i even could have benefited from critical race theory in high school and that's and that's what you know white people are assuming like this is all about just educating us it's like it's actually not like black kids didn't learn about black history (laughs) like we learned the same black history y'all did like harriet mlk obama like that was black history for us too yeah uh, not in georgia we weren't talking about malcolm x in georgia
2: I was, I was in advanced English. We did read Malcolm X, but I think that was also the the semester when all the black kids got like real upset (laughs) at the rest of the class.
0: Right. And the teacher was like, okay, we're going to (laughs) move (laughs) on. We're going to move on to the Holocaust, you know, like, like whatever the, so there's no enemy in the room or whatever. But I, I think people really grossly underestimate like how much everybody can benefit from this curriculum. This isn't just like, let's attack white people. A lot of it might be, but.
2: Yeah, and I think and I think that that's true too because there was one thing like as I was coming up, you know, in the public education system and stuff. You know, I was I was always really shocked every time in history class And I was like, again, like how many times are we gonna learn about the Magna Carta? It's like I'm like 15 now. Like seriously, this is grammar school stuff. Like why are we still learning about this? Like there's a whole planet up there. Like can can we get some Chinese history? Heard India has a long. It's like what's going
0: on? And, <laughs> so I've think, heard India has a lot of history. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it, yeah. that's the
2: thing. It's like it's like you you get that kind of education from the public, and then by the time you get to college, everything's an elective. You know,
0: correct. It's like take you can take African American studies if you want to read black authors. But, but if You want stars. to do the classics? Yeah, you you're going to be reading white men.
2: Yeah, and and that's and that's and that's the way the system wants things to be. But I think that that's where you really have to challenge like language and challenge what people are saying because you know oftentimes the the opposition of things like critical critical race theory or again I will say there's really diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, they they lo- they love their echo chambers. You know, they love preaching to their choirs and stuff like that. But you put them in any sort of arena where they're actually dealing with the people who they're in opposition of and they can't box. Their arms are too short. They can use you know, not- you saw that when Marco Rubio after, you know, uh, like school shooting, he went up against those like high school kids and they clowned them. They like, did. You could, you could not uh, debate a high school student because y- your positions on policy, on like society, they're they're shallow, they're, they're self-interested, and they're racist, you know? They are. And, and, and you want to get more upset about being called a racist than being a racist.
0: Right. I wish we could sort of like do something where like we just clockwork orange, like calling someone racist like 200 times in their head. So they just get over that part. It's like, now that you're desensitized to the sting of being called it, let's actually like address what you did and how to atone for it and have a dialogue. And then we could actually probably still be friends, but we just like can't get past the, the, the throwing of just that word around. Um, and these kids will let you have it because they have <laughs> they have the information right here. We, we have the information right here too. Uh,
1: it's yeah. so interesting just uh, to that phrase of like white people being so sensitive, being called racist. And um, uh, Black AF, America's Sweetheart, you sort of explore the question like, what if Superman was instead like a, a black girl adopted by a white family? That's sort of the exploration. And um, I can't tell you like how many times I've read stories or, or known people who are like, "Oh, I can't be racist because I'm a white person who's adopted a a black child." Um, and I this is the first time where I saw this sort of being explored, and and, and you use it in a very um, exaggerated sense, where like this woman, this young you know black girl's father is part of the you know the U.S. He's a U.S. Um, he works for the U.S. government, and so he's using her for, you know, other reasons. But I kept on, in my mind, I kept on thinking of, like, ways in which I've seen this played out in less nefarious means, but definitely played out. And it, was that something you were thinking about, thinking about um, putting together America's Sweetheart?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, one, I just wanted to kind of flex after doing Black and like do a YA book because my publisher was just like, "Wait, what? This is a sequel?" I was like, "Well, no, it's not the sequel." I was like, and second, I just want to write a YA book that's you know for young Black women, like that—that's my audience for I this. I want them to see themselves as the archetype, you know. But I also wanted to explore the idea of you know blackness being raised in like a more traditionally conservative family with those kind of views because there's this, there tends to be this, like, separation of Black people from Americana and from, like, you know, the American history. And it's like, well, we built American history. Like, we literally built this country. And I think that's one of the conflicts that, you know, Black people often have with America because it's not like, you know, I I think, I think if any Black person has ever explored, like, you know, moving back to Africa or like, you know, find, find their roots. I, I've definitely done it. I, I did my DNA test and then I started looking into, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going Nigeria, let's go. You know, and it's like, and then looking into it and be like, I don't know if I can move back there. Like, cause <laughs> just like, just because you start like studying and like, it's like, I don't think that like be a culture shock, you know, I think it would be something where it's like, it would be a long time before I felt comfortable oh, because I'm just Americanized, Yeah, but that's not a bad thing. It's like, I'm American. Like, I'm black. Like this, this is my country. My roots are in it. And I think that's the thing that like, you know, people have so much conflict in coming to terms with. So I really wanted to have this young character in in black AF who was kind of going through that in like a, in, in her own scale, you know, so here he is the, he has these values that would make, you know, like Candace Owens like jealous and stuff like that, you know, and he, <laughs> And And she she, she says uh, that
0: too. She's like, I'm not going to be like these other black superheroes or these other black people that have superpowers. Like I'm going to do good. And I'm like, girl, (laughs) if only you knew, like your, your family has clearly put that message in you. And and we see that all the time. It's as, as black people, it's, um, you know, I, I feel like I heard my grandpa say one time, like, Black people, we just getting ourselves killed by the cops at this point. And I was like, you you don't, (laughs) you know, because and and of course he's coming from a time where it's like, if I didn't have all my ducks in a row, I was killed versus now I'm like, like you young kids at like asking a cop for your Miranda rights is asking to get shot. And you're like, you're mad at the wrong person right now, like you know, th- those very just antiquated views, and I, 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 you see that with with either, like, biracial children who have mostly a white upbringing, or like, I'm not trying to say, like, a white mother, but like, if your mother is white and you're biracial, you that might just come with something different than what my child will experience, so.
2: Yeah, and I mean, um, there, there, and again, that, that goes back to what I was saying before about, like, you know, blackness not just being, like, one thing, you know? It's like, it's like, no 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 matter what your child's gonna be black <laughs> and it's
1: right. not like it's like it's like wh- however
2: you raise them like the world is going to be tell your stuff. child a completely different thing which you may not have any control of you know so i th- i think w- that's you know sort of what i was exploring with uh america's sweetheart as well because he has these values that once they like get expressed in the real world he gets checked by it you know she's like oh i'm gonna put on the the red, white, and blue suit. I'm gonna like, you know, stop her no trains. I'm gonna do this. And then the world's like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Are you a black
0: person? <laughs> trying to things? do all these things? Yeah. And she's
2: like, what? You know, because and and I and I and I very much wanted to make her the kind of character who's like, she is a good person. Like she's up and down, like, you know, apple pie and all that stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's the rest of us <laughs> who are who are a mess. And you know that's kind of the conflict he comes up with like her antagonist who very much has that like sense of like girl you are a fool (laughs) they do not love you and you have the you have all this power and stuff like that and what they're going to go and do is like save them from themselves like please (laughs) like it does not end well ever and you know I, i thought it was important to kind of explore that sort of character you know especially through the through the you know through the figure of like a young black woman you know how does how does she navigate kind of space and and try to be true to herself you know whether you agree with her or not or whatever it's like how, to, how does her true self exist in that world and still you know remain kind of whole you know and and it was it was it was an interesting it was an interesting journey to kind of write that through like that superhero
1: That sort of struck me is that you have this montage in America's Sweetheart where she is saving um, survivors in New Orleans after a hurricane. And she's just sort of doing her daily act, but because she is a black woman saving black people, it becomes highly politicized. The more like articles or interviews I listened by, you know, either um, about you or like by you, it was so interesting to hear like people call your work like politicized where um, for me, like reading it, it, I get why people would say it's politicized, but you're telling like a story, you know, it's, it's, I find that so interesting. Like, like how do you, cause for me it doesn't feel politicized, but I like, do you feel that it's politicized or, or are you just like telling a story? I, I don't know. Do you, I don't yeah. think I'm making so, by my question.
2: <laughs> like, I, I, as the author of this, I can tell you that it is not a political work in its intent. Um, yeah. But as uh, any Black person will tell you, right, I think it's like our identities are politicized.
0: Right. Like this by... podcast is politicized by <laughs> yeah, and, like and... doing Black nerdship. And they're like, it's it's but it's political. <laughs>
2: Right. Which, which to be honest is like po- political is just uh, a sort of a uh, white nationalist cold order for black. I mean, it, it is. It's like, because you'll, you'll say anything that makes you upset is political. Like that, that's yeah. pretty, that that's it. Like yeah. I, 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 dare dared Tucker Carlson to have me on his show. Like, seriously, it's like he'd have smoke coming out of his head by the time I was done. Cause it's just like, you' you' you're saying all these things which you mean the other it's like I, I I've studied the books this is a southern strategy up and down. you're not saying the thing that you want to say, but everybody who you're speaking to knows exactly what you're talking about so you say this comic looks political, it's not political it's black. it's stories that you have never read before and you have never experienced because everything has been done through your lens and through your comfort you know it's like but the minute like Ray Fisher says like nah <laughs> Like this dude is being racist, and it's just as least that was a mess. It's like, oh, he's being political. It's like, no, he's being a human being. Like mm-hmm. y'all didn't have a problem when Scarlett Johansson clapped back at Marvel. She got him, She got the bag for it. But that was okay. Yeah. You know, Ray Fisher sits there and tells you people who yeah they're racist. You yeah. know, like we're being racist, and suddenly he's the problem. Like no, yeah. that that it's not pol- it's not political. Black is not political. You're bringing that to the table.
1: Something that I really appreciated in, in the other interviews where people like have said, like, oh, this is so timely, you know, and you're like, no, 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 like you, you reference like Dred Scott, you reference things. Um, and one of the things, I don't know if you've ever read the book on uh, Medical Apartheid, um, but it deals uh, with specifically uh, testing on like black communities um, and, and there's a whole storyline um let me grab uh in Devil's Die, that sort of deals yeah. with that, which which I could see people being like, "Oh, that's that's absurd," and like, actually, no, that's that's factual and historical. Um, and I've just I really appreciate sort of that you're um, as a social studies, as a civics teacher for middle school, you're you're coming in with like a historical lens in the comic book industry. <laughs> um, Absolutely.
2: I, I mean, that was the thing. Like, I you know, uh, a lot of people, you know pro and like pro and against like had feelings about the fact that like the protagonist was black it starts off with them getting stopped by the police. So of course you had some some groups saying like oh that's not believable. Why would the cops shoot? And I was just like
0: <laughs> Right. <laughs> I
2: I can't, I can't even address that. So it's like they wouldn't just shoot somebody. I'm like It's like huh? anyway. But then there but then there were other people who were just like, oh, this is like, you know, trauma, porn and stuff like that. And for me, I was just like, look, this has never happened in a coma before. This is a real part of like our, our, our lived lives. You know, it's a real thing that black people think about when they leave the house. Like I leave the house and I think like, all right, what am I wearing today? Not like, what am I wearing? Like, what's the drip going to be? It's like, where am I going with mm-hmm. what I'm wearing? For my safety. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's like. You know, here, here I am, college educated, you know, I, I do well enough, black man who, you know, has you know published some books and stuff like that. None of that matters if I'm in a car and like a cop feels like pulling me over, you know. I might be wearing this baseball cap, that might become a problem for them. Like who, who, you 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 don't have any control of these things. And and yet, like you have folks who are like, Oh, that's not believable. It's like, you know what's not believable to me? The X-Men. A bunch of pretty white people who can like just go about their lives with their superpowers and nobody would ever know. And they're worried about giant robots chasing them. It's like I don't have giant robots. I have the police. Mm-hmm. Hey, like that's not a fiction. That's a real thing. You know, you don't need you don't need to fictionalize something that's going on in people's real lived experience. And so back to the whole idea of the, the, the story being timely. You know, my response has always been like, well, when I first came up with the idea, it was after Amadou Diallo it shot like forty times. It's like. But before him, there was Emmett Thiel and millions and like hundreds of others. I was going to say millions, but the millions would be like, you know, the enslaved <laughs> ancestors. But it's like <laughs> they're, you know, this is not new. What's new is Facebook video. Mm-hmm. What's new are mobile cameras. This mm-hmm. is new to you.
0: Correct. This
2: is the actual lived experience of people. It's just like how all of a sudden they're like, oh, the world's awake after like George Floyd. I was like, no, the world's got iPhone 12. Correct. <laughs> It's like, so you got to see what people see every day and it often doesn't get into the public. Ahmad Abria, everybody who knows about that now thinks that that was something that got released like a few days after it happened. No, the cops were sitting on that video and that community pushed them to actually release yeah. that murder. A, a, a modern lynching of this man who was hunted down and killed by just some three random hillbillies who I hope burn in that jail. You know, it's just like, This is this is real and yet you think the fiction is in my story. It's like, no no no, the superpowers are the fiction. (laughs) The rest of this is like based on real life.
0: Yeah, it's it's the same people that also get mad when like an elf is black in a story. It's like (laughs) elves are not real. (laughs) Dragons are not real. Like, so why are you up in arms that this character was reinvented or what it was like that Bolin girl or something where people were like she can't be black because this is this is just like well that's a bad example because she and Bolin was real but you know these very mythical stories that are rewritten yes (laughs) and you're kind of like that's odd because this is a fake story and you're telling people that you know a house elf can't be a black person yeah um that's so fascinating yeah but I I hope that you know, sometimes with these things, we have to double down. It's like, I, I hope that black is pissing somebody off at this point, because it's, if it's pissing oh, no, you it, off, it is. It, I well, of course you. it is. I <laughs> uh, I know every piece of content that we create pisses somebody off when it was really just like this was just a wife yelling at her husband. But if you want to think peace and stink peace, like, go ahead. Um, just- i love it <laughs> I, yeah this. i mean people will have a full diatribe of like you see this is reverse racism because it's like or he just didn't do the dishes but sure yeah, like go for it right i want to be <laughs> mindful
1: of, uh, i just want to be mindful of uh your time mm-hmm. um uh, but i i do wanted to you know be able to have you share a little bit of like your other projects you have like an awesome website um where people can buy merch from and all that stuff as well um but yeah absolutely uh sorry i, I didn't mean to interrupt you
2: oh no that's totally that's totally fine i i think i i think what i was gonna say is that like yeah i've, I've seen those people like there's youtubers who have done like three-part series just like you know taryn taryn like I'm colored. I'm just like, bruh, you you need something else to do with your time, man. Like, well really, like, they're not gonna love you for this, but go off. Um, but uh in terms of like yeah, the website, yeah, it's dot uh, blackthecomic.com. You can follow me on like Instagram, Twitter, I guess, at, at Kwanzaa, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, it's just me yelling at like awful things that are going on in the world all day. <laughs> like that's that's that that's the bulk of it. And and on occasion clapping back at somebody. <laughs>
0: yeah protect your 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 sanity (laughs) because there will always be people to clap back on oh that's good
2: (laughs) I I am so much better than I am now but every once in a while like I'll just I'll just like like, I got some
0: time today yeah or or I
2: might troll a little bit like I trolled Ted Cruz this morning I couldn't help it he he was he was in his feelings about (laughs) Stacey Abrams and I was like I'm like you're just mad because nobody don't want you on Star Trek. Nobody
0: don't want you. Right? Anywhere. Imagine being mad about seeing Stacey Abrams on Star Trek. Like yeah. seriously, get a life. I like don't I don't really- even watch it, and that made me want to watch Star Trek. I was like, you know what? I might give it a spin now.
1: Star Trek Discovery is so fucking.
0: I know. Good. I know Star Trek Discovery is like doing some dope shit. Like yeah. I'm not. I, I'm behind. I'm the problem.
2: Yeah, no, you're not the problem at all. But I can tell you, I was like, Michael is the best Starship Captain hands down. I'm sorry, Picard. I'm sorry, Janeway. I'm like, sorry, she's Ooh, the good. That's goat. pretty. That's a pretty goat.
0: political statement it's there, Kwanzaa. Don't care.
2: Don't care. <laughs> don't care, don't, care, don't <laughs> care. It's like you saw this girl earn her captainhood. Like, exactly. like two seasons, exactly. two seasons exactly. of being like, how can she's captain? She's the captain. She's been the captain yep. the whole show. Why are we waiting around for to be
1: captain? Yep. Oh, I love it. That's I never thought of it that way. Is that she? We see her earn it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking love it. Uh, also, um, just talk a little bit about white because uh, you bring back the main villain from Black, and um, I've heard you talk about like Black and uh, White being sort of like the, sort of the the big um, connection between uh, sort of this yeah. big project.
2: So black, so black is you know. Black in my mind had always been like a trilogy. So uh, America's Sweetheart, Widows and Orphans, Devil's Eye, they're sort of like Black and White are sort of like, uh, I would say like New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and it'll be a third part that'll like kind of wrap up the core trilogy and story. And, you know, with Beream at the center, but the other story is sort of like explore, you know, other characters and places in the world. But White, I felt like was the appropriate response to like, what if only Black people had superpowers? Be like, okay, well, what happens once the world finds out? that only black people have superpowers. Like, how do they react to that sort of thing? And it is really me trying to like delve into, you know, exactly a lot of the things that we were talking about. It's that something black happened, how does the world respond to that, you know? And also sort of exploring like the legacy of, of bigotry, you know, so mm-hmm. through uh, Theodore Mann, who's like sort of the like foreign antagonist son, Thaddeus, you know, and how, He's just like the product of his environment, in a, in a way that you hear that said in in a different connotation. It's like he's he's a construct of a person, and and he, I started exploring him because I was really intrigued at like how do you produce somebody like Donald Trump Senior. You know, mm-hmm. how do you produce Senior? You know? It's like it's like there's this legacy of like like you know mediocre wealthy white men who are just like they they think the world is owed to them, and they're not even good at it. And yet, somehow they maintain these, like this level of power while just being like objectively, like I don't I don't know any other word to say it except like like glow. Like, it's like yeah. it's like if you did not have your wealth, you would you you are the punchline to the joke of not being able to punch your way out of a wet paper bag. Like you you are inept people. Like I don't know how this how this works, and yet you exist in like our minds and in and in a, and in, a, and, in a, and in the like echelons of power. So I wanted to explore that kind of character as an antagonist for Kareem um, X because he's sort of coming into this or in this story. Like he's finally started to like see his role in things and like he's, he's a little older, he's still a little cocky, you know. He's still got some. Like yeah, Yeah, that, that's <laughs> going to be fly. a running joke, by the way. <laughs> it's I'm like honest. he's got all these <laughs> powers, can't fly. Um, and so it, there's a the, there's sort of tension between those two characters because here's this one man who's always been told that he's the best. But mm-hmm. then he keeps getting clowned by this kid who he thinks is below him, you know, <laughs> and it's infuriating him because everything his father is doing for him is supposed to be handing him the world, and he's just constantly getting like you know clown and it's just driving him crazy and 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 I kind of w- wanted to explore that because you know you see this play out like in, in in real time, and it's just like you know it's like you know deep down you that it's like, <laughs> what's going on in your head when you go home? Because you know
0: you're trash. Like, you you are see, trash, and we are you can laughing secure. at you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, I can, you can see the insecurity seeping out of you and stuff, and yet, you know, the world has to acknowledge, you know, your you know your simpleton self, you know? So it's, it's one of those things that I just thought would make like, such an interesting foil to the main character in this story.
0: I love that. Okay. Well, lastly, you know, you got to settle the debate. PS5, 30 seconds. Are you Team Amber? We have a child coming and we have other priorities. Or Team Ben? I'm a white man and I get everything I want. Go.
2: (laughs) I have to say that. It's like, what am I
0: supposed to do with that? (laughs) Yeah.
2: No, you have a child coming. You can't get the PS5. But I'm also surprised (laughs) if you even have any ability to get a PS5. Like, that's a miracle, too like where are you getting a ps5 from i i feel like it's, it's it's so much more likely to have a child than to find a ps5
1: <laughs> it's very easy to have a child the reason i brought that up is that everyone should go check out your website there's like a little think piece about like you thinking about uh, upgrading uh your playstation and that sort of like <laughs> i was sort of like oh i wonder if you got a ps5 yet um so have you gotten a ps5 yet
2: no i have not gotten a ps5 and, and that's because i am a slow gamer so like i'm yeah. still playing stuff on the ps ps4 and yeah. uh I think As I'm is just... he.
0: and it looks very yeah. clear when it's play i was like what else could the five offer this looks very clear
2: yeah like i just finished persona five like um like a few weeks ago
1: <laughs> that's how slow i play things fair enough all right uh kwanzaa thank you so much thank for joining you. us on the sci-fi sci uh, thank you for having me everyone should definitely go check out your work uh we'll put links in the bio links to everything that we've talked about and um yeah have a great night you yeah too. happy painting
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot huh? i I'll, I'll keep cracking at it okay take care so long
1: Thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Sci. Up next, we'll be discussing the Apple TV show, The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray, created by Walter Mosley and starring the motherfucking Samuel L. Jackson. So go ahead, binge a show, and find some time to read a book.